three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite current events and discuss the social and political themes within. I am one of your co-hosts, Mike Booch, a.k.a. One Mike Voiceover, and I'm joined to me by my slightly older, always handsome brother from another mother. Please put your hands together for my co-host, Ty. Hey, guys. This is Ty. Good to be here. All right. Awesome. Well, always a pleasure. I was going to say always a pleasure to have you with us, but you're not a guest anymore. But it is nice that it's just um, it's just like you and I again. I think the last few episodes we've had other people. That's true. Yeah, we've had guests, which was, you know, a nice to break it up a little bit. But it's cool to get back to the basics sometimes and uh, just talk about shit. I think so. And that's pretty much what we're going to be doing today, listeners. We're going to be doing another housekeeping episode. Uh, You know, we're not really a news heavy podcast, but we are just talking about uh, different things that we thought were worth talking about. Uh, It does, despite the fact that it is fun to read a comic book or watch a movie or a TV show and then uh, write all of the all of the things we see in it. Uh, you know, it, it is a lot to delve into it. It's literally like doing a college paper every time we have to do that because, <laughs> you know, we provide sources and, and everything like that. So, so you know, we're just taking a bit of a, you know, a bit of a little break right now. And, you know, we're talking about some topics and things that make us hot. Some uh, not hot in like horny, but unfortunately, hot in, like I, we could talk about things that make us horny too, but I don't know if it really fits with the podcast. Yeah, probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, just uh, talking about topics that you know that 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 we're passionate about, and, and you know, things that grind our gears, if you will. Uh, first thing I wanted to get out of the way, Ty, you recently just had a birthday. How does it feel, dude? Uh it was really good, man. I um, I just turned thirty-one. And I know last year, as I was getting ready to turn 30, I was pretty depressed and down. Um, You know, 30 is a big one. And uh, it just didn't feel special to me. I I don't know why. I don't know. You know, I know, you know, my girlfriend tried to make it special, my my family. But it just just didn't feel like anything. And I think I just was so down that I couldn't really enjoy it. Um, And this last year has been so depressing, right? 2020 has been a horrible, horrible year. Um, yeah, and even I, if you're not personally depressed, yeah, like, like around just you, depressed by everything, like everything. There's just not not really any good in the world. Um, but I had an amazing birthday. I had I took a couple of days off from work, um, spent it with you know my family. We did a bunch of stuff. Had a ton of good vegan food. Uh, it, it's um, it was a really good weekend, honestly. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun, and it was a really special birthday. So thanks for asking. Oh, it's my pleasure. I I wish I could have been there with you. This is you know in years prior your birthday would be like a holiday for me. Like I like I would look forward to it more than I would look forward to my own birthday. Uh see the Lord of the Rings episodes if you're unsure of our bromance. Yeah. Um you know, but that's good to hear. I have a quick question yeah. for you. When you talk about the food you eat, do you always mention the vegan part of it? Um yeah, I do because I I want people to realize a vegan food can be good and I think there's a a stigma that it can't, so I make sure to throw that in every time I bring it up. Yeah, I think people can sometimes be like 
I think the better word is ignorant, but other times it, it's idiots. Uh, because like, like I'll share Snapchats of food that I'm throwing together or I'll be like, oh, I went out the other day and I had a Philly cheesesteak or I had a burrito or I, you know, I had, uh, I had some wings or, um, you know, uh, this last week I made a double cheeseburger that had both American and feta cheese, a little bit of onions there. And instead of putting it in between a bun, I wrapped it in, uh, like crescent roll dough and baked it and it was incredible, but I still had people on my Snapchat who were like, "Oh, you're eating meat again? You're eating cheese again?" Yep. I'm like, "No, it's all it's all fucking vegan." Like, I don't want to. Yeah, no, it happens every time I bring it up too. I'm like, "Oh, I had wings." I'm like, "Real wings or fake wings?" I'm like, "No, vegan wings." You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. They're, they're, like, I'm not trying to brag about my food. I just want people to understand you can have really delicious vegan food. I mean, I had two different cakes that were the bomb.com actually three because my girlfriend's birthday she got a cake too um and both her family and my family tried all these cakes loved them all no one else is vegan but us um you know i had wings i had homemade hummus i had beyond burgers uh i had vegan sushi like you name it like we had some good ass food uh all vegan and i i I feel like people need to know it's delicious all right, this did become the podcast about things that make us horny because food does make me horny. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I mean, my thing is I just feel like if people are talking to me, they should automatically assume by default everything I'm talking about is vegan. They should. Because because the problem is we get dragged for saying vegan this, vegan yep, that. Because yep. it's like, oh, you're shoving it in our faces. Exactly. But when we don't mention that what we're doing or eating is vegan, then they go like, oh, uh, you ate this, you ate that. No, just assume I ate the fucking vegan. I know. Like, I feel like, you know? I guess people <laughs> always feel like you're ready to slip. I think that might be it, you know? They're like, oh, it's not a real life choice. <laughs> like, they're just going to, as soon as they get the chance, they're going to fucking eat some meat and some cheat, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, that's not yep. that's not the situation. Like, there, I can't foresee. Like, we just recently played a D and D game, uh, a zombie game, and I think our DM asked us, you know, would you guys be vegan in this world? And I was like, well, I mean, like, honestly, meat's going bad, and I feel like canned beans and shit and like veggies are probably the best thing to eat. So I would try to, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't automatically be like fuck it, let's go, let's go eat some deer, you know? It's like. Well, yeah, it's also like easier to forage and stuff. Like, I think I don't think people account for exactly how difficult it is to hunt and trap uh, your game. Um, you know, I haven't done it, but I've been watching this Netflix show where like that's their whole thing is like they put a bunch of survivalists in Alaska and see how long they can survive for. It's actually a pretty awesome show. Don't watch it while eating because there's a lot of like skinning and 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 Oof. like other other shit that that's gross but like um but I'm like oh that's you know that that's interesting but yeah as long as I could find canned like fruits and vegetables and beans especially beans uh you know I would I would definitely do it but if I ended up in a situation where it's like you know super cold or I, I don't know whatever whatever situation where I couldn't uh you know get produce or whatever yeah like I would, you know, get a small animal and and, and use, use that for protein. But it's much different than the society we're living in now. I'm not factory farming a bunch of fucking squirrels. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like, you they, know, you know, they're eating something. And, you know, nine times out of ten, we can eat what they're eating. So you Nine know, times out of ten, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's even if it's bugs, you can technically eat it, you know? So I feel like there's always an option. Um, would, I, would, I, would I maybe eat like some dairy i guess but like i don't know what dairy items would really be good on the shelf you know what i mean so oh no yeah i think you're more likely to find 
you're fine more likely to find meat than dairy yeah. in, in a zombie apocalypse. I'm sure there'll be potato chips everywhere, so fuck it, man. There's that. Uh so that being said, did you want to talk about uh what you had first? Oh, uh, like my articles? My current yeah. events, so to speak, it's from Ozzy of High School when we had to do current events. What, what, what are your current events, Tyler? Yeah, I, I, so I've got a couple. Um, so uh, I love to, you know, talk shit about Joe Biden. So I'm going to start with that. Uh, Let's go. There was an article that I believe activist Sean King had shared. It said, Joe Biden isn't ready to end qualified immunity. So basically qualified immunity more or less boils down to, uh, you know, police officers and, and people in power like that who, who have a... Um, special regulations that kind of protect them from being held accountable for things that happen. So they don't get held to the same standards that a civilian does, you know, and, 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 and this often protects them um, in cases of, you know, police brutality or, or anything along those lines. Um, and, and more or less, this article isn't just about that in particular, but the fact that Joe Biden is trying to please everybody, you know, he, he really, I feel like doesn't, hasn't taken strong stances on things. He's just very wishy-washy about stuff um, because I think he knows that he needs a lot of leftists to vote for him, like you and I. Um, but mm-hmm. he also is a centrist, right? He is he is super right-leaning of the Democratic Party, one of the most right-leaning candidates probably out there. Um, and I think he's trying to get everybody on board. So that's why he kind of partnered up with Bernie Sanders. Um, and, and he's he's trying to please everybody. But, you know, Bernie Sanders and, and his campaign uh, and, and supporters were pretty pissed off about this. Um, in the article, they, they do talk about that, how they had a very heated debate because, you know, Bernie's been pretty open about... Um, Pretty much supporting, like, defunding the police and, and holding them accountable. You know, he's it's something that he's always been very, very big on uh, as an activist himself. Um, and Joe Biden just seems to not, he just doesn't care, man. He's just trying to please everybody. So he just, he says one thing um, that's very, like, you know, yeah, like, well, we can talk about it. Like, he gave a very broad statement, basically just saying they were going to, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, police and other officials can be can be tried in civil court, but like he didn't really go into detail. So there's no actual plan there. There's no no detail on what he would actually do if he were president. Um, and it just feels like his whole campaign's been like this. You know, it's like what does he really stand for? Because at the end of the day, I think he's just trying to be like Trump's bad. I'm better. Let me be president. You know, and and, uh, and and that's working. It's working. He's actually <laughs> doing really well in the polls. I think Trump really shot himself in the foot because obviously with with the whole COVID-19 disaster and Black Lives Matter movement that, you know, um, Trump really had an opportunity to maybe, you know, come out looking good. And he he absolutely did not. So, uh, you know, at, at this point, it's kind of like, well. You know, this is the worst of the worst. You know, anything looks better compared to him. And that's the argument I've heard a lot of people bring up about Joe Biden. You know, and I know you've gotten a lot of flack for it. I've gotten a lot of flack for it, for talking out against it. You know, people are like, yep. well, anything's better than Trump, right? Anything's better than Trump. But I think we have to look at how did we get to Trump in the first place? You know, and like, you know, why are we in this position where our only options are Donald Trump or Joe Biden, both of which are horrible, horrible options. I can't think of a more apocalyptic scenario for, for who's going to be our president than these two men. Um, I, I would argue this is actually worse than Hillary Clinton because as bad as Hillary Clinton is as a person, Absolutely. she yeah. was um, at, at least mentally stable. And, and a qualified fucking politician. And, and qualified. This is not Joe Biden's first time running for president, right? He, he had an abysmal 
uh, time running last time. Um, he, you know, he was part of the reason that the crime bill, he wrote the crime bill that was passed, um, which basically allowed tons of police officers to, to be hired, give tons of funding to, to prisons. Um, it basically fucked like our country up big time and really helped incarcerate a lot of people that probably should not be incarcerated right now. Um, and, and obviously Joe Biden is very unstable. Uh, so, you know, this is just another one of his many, checks for why he is not a good option for president, why he should not be the guy that we're hoping can save our country. And unfortunately, you know, uh, it's that vote balloon no matter who. And people are like, well, it's better than Trump. But again, like, why are we in this position? Um, you know, and he was the vice president for, for Obama, who I know a lot of people loved. But at the end of the day, Obama wasn't great either. You know, he um, he bombed, he drone striked a lot of people, including innocent people. Um, he, you know, he did a lot of horrible shit. He put kids in cages. You know, Trump obviously has taken it and run with it because he's a piece of shit. But, you know, Obama started that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we really haven't been in a good place for a long time. And we shouldn't be, you know, forced to just take whatever we can. We should be going the opposite direction of Trump, right? We should be going for, like, the best possible candidate we could. Um, some would have argued maybe Bernie Sanders, but even, even honestly, we could have even gone, I think, even more left of Bernie Sanders and really gotten someone who who was going to help this country uh, get it back on its feet and show people, hey, listen, if we give, you know, Medicare for all and, and all these things, we can really um, improve the lives of the American people and maybe the entire world. I really think that was that was all well put. You know, you said a few things that spoke to me. Uh, you know, the number one thing being uh, that, like, yeah, like, everybody loves Obama and blah, 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 but he did drone strike. And I'm going to admit, I'm one of those people. Like, yep. he was the first president I was able to vote for. And I was like, all right, black president. And at the time, that's all I went for. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't have a political leaning. I was like, oh, let's give the black guy a shot. Yeah, and he said you know what? what like, mean? change, right? That was his whole, like, yeah. campaign slogan. I, I fell for it, too. I voted for him twice. But, like, now we know. Like, he he's Barack drone Obama. He, yeah. you know, was a fucking war criminal. Not to be different from, you know, from Bush, uh, Bush Jr. before him or, you know, Bush before him. But, like... You know, the thing is, he did it with such class. <laughs> yeah, you he's know, a cool drug guy. striking weddings in Yemen. Like, so much class, so relatable. And honestly, it sucks that that's the bare minimum that, like, our current presidential candidates can't even muster that. Like, they can't be average people who uh, who even put on an air of, of human decency and empathy. They can't be those uh, those people and be like, listen, we'll still put kids in cages. We'll still drone bomb, uh, you know, drone strike brown people. We'll still do all of that. But God damn, if I don't give a good speech. Yeah. And that's that's enough for a lot of people. It's almost like Stockholm syndrome. You know, like we're, we've been so trained by the Democratic Party to just be like, hey, you know what? Like they can make great speeches and they say they like, you know, they like gay people and they like black people. So it's okay. You know, so what? They're doing war crimes. Fuck it. You know, fuck the people of Syria. Who cares? So this is from uh, from Reason.com. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden has spent decades managing a moderate, quote unquote, balancing act. The result is a wobbly policy platform that attempts to appeal to everyone but feels fully satisfactory to few. Take the candidate's collaboration with Bernie Sanders, the Vermont senator who recently ran against him for the Democratic nomination. Over the last few months, the duo's unity task force 
tackled a host of issues, including qualified immunity, the legal framework that lets public officials who violate your rights avoid federal civil rights suits. A tripartisan push is underway to change this. Reps Justin Amash, or Amish, I'm not sure, and Ayanna Presley introduced a bill recently to end the doctrine entirely. Though the GOP has been slower to warm to the subject, Senator Mike Braun, who's a Republican from Indiana, crafted his own legislation that would radically alter qualified immunity, allowing officials to invoke it only when relevant case law, federal regulation, federal statutes, and statute stat or state statutes, excuse me, specifically permit the conduct in question, essentially reversing the current approach in which officials are held liable only if the way they violated your rights has been described with exacting detail in previous case law. So if I read that correctly, Senator Mike Braun is even looking to alter qualified immunity where it seems biden isn't interested in it in the first place yeah or did i not read that right no that's what i'm getting from it too like joe, joe biden doesn't he he doesn't want to make a stand on it you know what i mean like he wants nothing to do with it you know he he's just trying to say whatever will please the majority of people so he's not totally like like no like you know blue lives matter because he knows that a lot of you know uh liberal and left-leaning people are, are going to vote for him and, and right now you know uh, there is a narrative of, you know, we, we have to hold the police accountable. Um, but he also isn't willing to actually do anything that will help us and, and make a change. I think another thing you said when you were like, oh, he's like kind of a centrist. Um, I think Biden is definitely a conservative. Like there's no, you know, there's no way around it. Like he ha- he's under the Democratic flag, but he's he's a, he's a conservative if not a Republican. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I have said it before, and I will say it again. I I tried to accept the lesser of two evils in the last election, and I voted Hillary because I believed she had a legitimate chance at stopping Trump. Like, I was like, listen, we got to stop him at all costs. I do not feel that Biden has any legitimate chance of of beating Trump or or even changing things because I, like... I get it. People are telling me like, well, listen, you got to check your privilege. You got to realize that it's not about the president. It's about whoever he puts in the in the Supreme Court next. It's about, uh, you know, uh, laws for for LGBTQIA uh, plus community. It's about. um, What else is it about? Well, well, I mean, like, I guess you have to ask yourself, do you only care about American lives? Right? Like, that's the question. Do you yeah. only care about American lives? Because if you only care about American lives, then yes, you're right. It is important about who you put in there. But do you actually care about lives of all, like, uh, not to use all lives matter, but do you care about all people? Do you care <laughs> about all different people of different races and backgrounds? Because uh, America has a history of destabilizing countries, of, of killing leaders, of bombing countries, of killing innocent people, starting wars we have no place starting. Um, and a lot of those wars have been started by Democratic leaders. Uh, and, you know, like, and again, Joe Biden is a Democrat and he wrote the crime bill. So you have to ask yourself, you know, do you actually care about people or do you care about what it looks like on TV, you know, about the people giving the speeches and, and claiming her, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi, right? She's she's like, is she a liberal hero? No, she's really not. You know, she she is a very wealthy woman who knows how to give a good speech. But has she actually done anything, anything to help anybody? 
I, I can't I can't think of a single thing she's done besides placate people. And, and you know, like I think that just goes to show you know, people who are voting, um, are they really paying attention to the politics and the people they're voting for, or are they just falling for the slogans and, and the slander, you know? And and I think um, I, I used to be like that. You know, like you said, we both voted for Obama. Um, it was very simple to get my vote. And once you start to learn about the world a little bit more, uh, you realize it's not so cut and dry. Yeah. I mean, it's just like his, his voting history does not reflect any progressive values. No. And, you know, I, I know they're like, oh, well, like people change. Look at the stuff he said now. Like the stuff he has said now is different, but he still hasn't done anything different. Exactly. Also, does he have a job? Can he affect any change? Does, is, he's, is he a senator now? Like, I don't think he has any job. No, they like, still call him vice president. He's, he's not the he's vice president. Former, yeah, he's just a former vice president. He's unemployed. Like he's more unemployed than I am at this point. So, oh my God. Well, listen, yeah. while we're on the topic of Joe Biden, I do have a second article about him before we get over to yours. Um, cause I feel like yeah. it kind of ties into what we're talking about. So, um, yeah, there's another article true. I found on the Um, and it says Joe Biden's vice president could be the most powerful in history. Okay. So I'll just read a little bit from it and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, he'd need to maintain a healthy partnership with his deputy without worrying that she'll outshine him. If Joe Biden wins in November, his running mate could become the most consequential vice president in modern American history. The woman Biden picks could be seen as a potential president in waiting, a signal for the Democratic Party's agenda in the years to come, and perhaps the most significant player trying to help Biden manage a country and a federal government in crisis. On, under normal conditions, the pres presidency and its manifold obligations are already too much for one person to handle. As Barack Obama's vice president, Biden redefined the office by assuming a level of responsibility that his predecessors never had. If elected, Biden would likely follow a similar model and potentially expand the authority of a constitutionally insignificant office beyond precedent. Those responsibilities will be even more weighty as the country combats the coronavirus pandemic, endures the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, and reckons with questions of race, policing, and discrimination reignited by the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Joe Biden's vice president will most likely be the most powerful vice president in history because the trend is towards more powerful vice presidents. Joe Biden knows the value of having a vice president with lots of responsibility. And Joe Biden is going to inherit an epic disaster. Dan Pfeiffer, former Obama senior advisor and co-host of Pod Save America, told me. So, uh, you know, what they're saying is there's been a there's been a movement to make the vice president more than just a, uh, you know, a, a, a position more than just standing there and, and being a support actually have responsibilities. Um, but mm -hmm. what I got from that is that Joe Biden, everyone knows by voting for Joe Biden, that he is probably uh, mentally unstable. And there's a very good chance that if he gets voted in, that he will not remain president for very long. So in reality, we'll be voting for his vice president. Um, and I think that's a very, very realistic look at that because you know, I think he's shown time and time again that he is not uh, both mentally, you know, mentally well. And he's also, he, he's not really around, right? There's a lot of times where he just disappears and he's just not very active. You know, you say, well, what does he even do right now? You know, and that's a good question. What does he do? He gives um, a weird interview here or there, makes some racist comment, yada, yada, yada. It's really the Democratic you know, Party. Yeah, the Democratic Party is really his voice. They're the ones, you know, telling you why he's why he should be the president. He's not telling you why, 
You know, like I don't, I can't picture a single interview or quote from him where people are like, this is why he should be president. It's, it's everyone else around him saying, no, 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 this guy should be president. Um, and I think, you know, it is really, really telling who he chooses as his vice president. You know, he said it's going to be a woman. Um, and the question I think will be, is he just choosing a woman to choose a woman? Or is he going to choose somebody who actually uh, is qualified to be vice president and potentially our president at some point? And I think it's fair to assume that he's probably just going to choose a woman to choose a woman. Yep. Um, you know, if that. And, uh, you know, somebody who can keep their mouths shut when he undoubtedly uh, sexually assaults them. Yep. And, you know, at this point, it's OK. So vote. You're voting for the vice president, except you don't even know who the vice president is going to be at this point because he hasn't made it public. So you're just relying on him to choose the next president. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about who, you know, how important this person is going to be. Who is it? Who is it? We're in we're almost in August now. We don't even know yet. And, and and this is what, you know, these are the articles coming out. This could be the most important vice president in history. Who are we voting for? You know, and, and I'm assuming he's just going to pick someone to placate the left and the liberals and, and not really choose somebody that probably deserves it. And I just want to double back to what I said earlier, because I'm not sure if I made it clear. I have no reason to believe that should Biden win the presidency that he will fight for any progressive values, that he will fight for any uh, any disenfranchised groups of people. I have I he it's very likely he'd put in another Kavanaugh or or something close to it. Like once again, if I had any reason to believe that he might just a shred tie, like just a shred, I would honestly hold on to that, you know, swallow my pill. And and just and and just vote for him. No, I, I agree. I, I do not believe in my heart of heart. Like Trump is a fucking villain. Like he's dumb Lex Luthor. Yes. Oh God, he really fucking Lex Luthor is so much. Cooler. He's not even smart or cool like Lex Luthor. He's just really God. the shitty version of him. He's like bizarre Lex Seriously. Luthor. <laughs> he really is. And the best thing would be if he were Lex Luthor, he'd be getting his ass kicked by an alien all the time, and that would be <laughs> amazing. But unfortunately, we can't. We, we don't see that. we got to build a space that. wall. That's why I have the Space Force. Man. You know, and I think when we when I joined you on this podcast, you know, uh, I came into this very, very left-leaning, very, you know, viva la resistance. Uh, and, and I was, you know, I said that I didn't believe Joe Biden had a chance to win. Um, and, and it's actually looking like there's a possibility now. You know, I may have been wrong. I think uh, there had to be some very special circumstances, like a global pandemic um, and a racial movement that touched the lives of millions. Uh, but I, I do think there there is a chance he could win. But again, uh, I don't like. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to support actual values of the people. You know, if if anything, he's going to be another corporate Democrat puppet. Um, you know, to, who will just do whatever the money says to do. Right, like. Yeah, he's in the pockets of, of Big Pharma and, and, and all those corporations that, you know, unfortunately fuck up the lives of so many people here in America and around the world. And like, you know, I don't think he's ever going to make a stand against them. So, you know, voting for him to me doesn't fix the problem. It's a it's a Band-Aid. Like, it's a Band-Aid that doesn't fit. You know, it's like it's fucking half hanging off. Your arm's wet. Like, it, it's barely holding on. And it's like you have uh, to keep like sticking it on again and know, again. Oh my and god! And it's like it's like no no no. This is good. I'm not I'm not bleeding anymore. No no. I got it. You know, as you're holding on, and it's like 
this is not the solution. Like, don't give me four years of Joe Biden. Give me four years of actual improvement and change. Um, you know, and, and like, again, they, in the article, they said, you know, he would be walking into one of the worst disasters a president has ever walked into. And I agree. But is he anywhere near strong enough to fix that? And I don't believe the answer is yes. Well, not even that. I just don't believe he cares to fix it. Yeah. I mean, like, well, these, why would he, these right? These people gotten into power because the status quo has allowed them yeah, to. They I mean, don't want to change that. No matter if they're fucking white, if they're a woman, if they're an LGBT. Once you get to a certain class, you believe that you're part of that class and you don't want to change anything that's going to damage that. Yeah. Danger that. Look I'm at Buttigieg, right? He was a huge Bernie supporter in college, right? He's a gay man. He, he decided to run for president. And he just totally fucking sold out, man. You know, he he dropped out when when Obama called him. Like he joined he joined with the corporate Democrats, and like it's a shame. You know, it, unfortunately, it, it they do get to you a lot of times. Um, and, and and you know, Joe Biden, he that's his whole life, man. That's who he is. You know, and, and not to mention he's a he's a pretty wealthy straight white dude, right? Who has made numerous racial comments. You know, I highly doubt he actually supports like the LGBTQ community. You know, like I just I don't buy it. No, and there's no reason to. And if I could just say like that's that's very and I know you don't mean it this way, but it's very Fox News talk to say racial too, because they always say that they say like racially charged. Like he's outright made racist fucking comments. He has. Like, he has. You know, like that's you know the media loves to say oh racially charged motherfucker it's racist it's a racist yeah. comment you know do racist people always say racist comments or you know like is anyone who says a racist comment always racist they could just be ignorant but no nah, say it's a racist comment like that's you know the whole racially charged man i'm not angry at you no i know yeah. i know I, you know listen if you're if you're black if you're if you don't vote for him you're not black so just remember that well yeah uh, you know every every day i remember that um so, uh, would you mind if we moved on to mine? No, I'm good. I'm done with Joe Biden. I'm done. <laughs> All right, cool. So, I actually... Now, this this isn't something that's necessarily recent, but it has come back into the zeitgeist, uh, into the discussion about uh, removing Confederate monuments. I have an article here from motherjones.com. Once again, you can find all of our articles in the show notes and sources presented at the end of the episode. You can find them on uh, com. So... This is uh, talking about uh, monuments to slavery and racism. Some people like to call them Confederate statues. So, after the Civil War, Edward Virginius Valentine returned from Europe to his hometown of Richmond, Virginia, the former Confederate capital, and began using his training in classical sculpture to enshrine the myth of the lost cause. Over the next few decades, Valentine made a career of sculpting monuments to defenders of slavery, building tributes to Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson, among others. And he made the statue of Confederate President Jefferson Davis in Richmond, unveiled on Monument Avenue in June 1907 by Davis's last remaining child and toppled in June 2020 by protesters against systemic racism after the death of George Floyd. Over the past few months, protesters have spray-painted, damaged, torched, and toppled symbols of white supremacy around the country. Critics have decreed the acts as shameful attempts to erase the country's history. The president demanded that protesters who took down a Confederate monument in Washington, D.C. be immediately arrested. But the destruction of our cultural legacies is itself part of our cultural legacy, reaching back to ancient history. It is as old as the act of honoring false gods. 
I won't get into the rest of it, but you can uh, finish the rest of the article in our show, no- uh, show notes and sources. Uh, the title, the headline is Defend History, Tear Down the Confederate Statues by Camille Squires. Oh, published on July 17th. Hey, very birthday, special my, day. My baby boy. Uh, what? <clears throat> um, Love you, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that was a great, a great way to look at it because I have heard this argument about uh, erasing history and all of this bullshit. Um, you know, I want to state that the majority of these Confederate monuments are not history. They weren't put up like the week after the war was lost. They were put up mostly during the Civil Rights Movement. So, you know, they were made pretty specifically to intimidate black people. Like, that's why they were put up in the first place. I also believe that if you want history, go to a museum. Put these things in museums and be like, wow, we used to be really fucked up. And that's and that's why that's there. Put, you know, there's plenty of textbooks, which, you know. I don't know how much you want. There's plenty of books about it. I don't want to say textbooks because a lot of them are, are very, uh, very one-sided. Uh, but I, I, you know, that is something I wanted to talk about. I was talking to a friend of the podcast from our uh, Black Panther and Get Out episodes, Josh, recently about it, and trying to get his views on everything. And you know, he was he was very much the idea that oh, you know, this stuff belongs in in museums and stuff. Do you, do you have a take on it, Ty? Well, I think. Um, we've seen this comparison a lot lately, and I agree with it. You know, um, Hitler, right? Do, do we want statues of Hitler all over the place? Do the people in Germany want statues of Hitler? Up? No, right? But did they erase history and say that Hitler didn't exist or, or not? You know, do we not talk about him in history? No. Like, he, you know, people have learned about Hitler and, and about the Nazis um, till they're blue in the face, right? I feel like that's a huge part of our history, especially here in America growing up. Like, I remember learning a lot about World War II. Uh, you know, it's not something that's just forgotten. But you don't want to be walking down the street. Um, you know, if you were a Jewish couple, would you want to be walking down with your baby and see a, you know, a statue of Hitler with his, with his hand out? No. And it's the same for, for black people. You know, I, I'm white, but I, I can only imagine how that must feel to be walking down the street and see fucking Robert Lee or, or any of these other Confederate generals standing there looking, you know, heroic and proud when, you know, obviously they wanted to keep them in chains. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's fucking ridiculous that people think it's erasing history, uh, you know, just because the statue is not on the street. There's history everywhere. All you got to do is go on your fucking phone and you can Google, uh, you know, the Civil War. You can learn all you want about it. You can learn all about your goddamn Confederates. But at the end of the day, if you really want to break it down, they were traitors, right? So why do we give them the special respect? Um, and, and I'm not even going to mention who this was. It's something very close to me, and it really took me by surprise recently. But we were talking about, uh, I think, the Redskins changing their name, the, the sports team. Okay. And yeah, they the, said... Uh, uh, the Washington football yep, team. Yep, and yeah. I very much agree with that. They should change their name. It's fucking racist as shit. And, like, you know, why, why are we still allowing them to call themselves that? But uh, this person said, well, what about the New York Yankees? They're going to have to change their name too, right? And I was like, what, what do you mean? They're like, well, it's kind of like offensive to Southerners because of the Civil War. And, and I was like, <laughs> I was just so taken aback. And I was just like, wait, what do you what do you mean? And they were like, well, you know, it's offensive. Yankees, the Southerners, they fought. And I was like, well, first of all, um, I'm pretty sure the Brits called us Yanks even before that. Um, but second uh-huh. of all, they were fucking traitors. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it has nothing to do with race or anything. Like, you don't term Yankees. I'm like... You're more concerned about the Yankees changing their name than you are the Redskins? Like, get your goddamn priorities straight here. 
But I think that's like there's just this crazy misconception, especially among white people, that like they just don't get it. They just can't understand it. And they think that being from a certain location, being from the South, that that is a race. It's the same idea of, oh, well, you know, Black Lives Matter. Wait, 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 Blue Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter. That's a real thing, right? Like, you motherfuckers can't understand. I've said motherfucker a lot in this episode. Yeah, we've been cursing You motherfuckers um, <laughs> can't understand. We're actually more professional when we're talking about, like, Batman. I how, agree. How weird is that? Well, I think it's just we're, we're, like, we're fired up right now. Yeah, so... Uh, but you you can't understand the difference between race and like things that are a choice. Like guess what, you could move out of the south. Yeah, you can't unblack yourself. Nope. You can not be a cop. You can't unblack yourself. Like it, it's just it's just two completely different things. And honestly, dude, if fucking if the south was legitimately offended by the Yankees, it would have come up by now. So yeah. shut the fuck up. Like. The only thing they're offended by is the championships we have. Oh, damn! New York represent. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I was also talking to um, you know, when I was talking to Josh, he had mentioned I didn't get his permission to use his uh, his name in this podcast. Whatever. Uh, we, he was also talking about how like you know he he thinks that certain things like you know if you were to take down Mount Rushmore like that would be a little offensive. Uh, you know that would be not offensive. If you were to take down Mount Rushmore, it would be a little overkill and stuff like that. But honestly, dude, I am so like radical thinking at this point that it's like, no, fucking take it down. Take down the Chris Columbus statues. Take down all of them. Because guess what? The whole problem stems from glorifying slave owners, glorifying fucking bad people. Yeah, they had some good ideas for people who fit their own specific demographic and the rest of the country's history since has been trying to transfer those rights over to the people that they left out. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a big hypothetical. Let's say the fucking world ends in nuclear war, right? And some of these statues made it. And the human population does survive and eventually they rebuild, but they lost all their history, right? And they really, let's imagine these really were the only pieces of history left. They're going to have statues of Christopher Columbus and fucking Robert E. Lee looking all like heroes. And they're going to, like, it doesn't say on them, like, you know, raped and murdered how many people, right? Like, it just shows them being Yeah, a it hero. doesn't have stats like a <laughs> trading card. Yeah. So, like, can you, know? you imagine, like, a new a new civilization being born and being like, this was our heroes, you know? They, they saved the world. Like, there wouldn't be actual history there. It would just be propaganda. So, like... You know, this idea of your erasing history. Like, no, this isn't even history. This is just, you know, like, revisionist. You you get to choose what you have on these statues. You're, you know, why don't you list the, the real atrocities they did? You know? Fucking talk about that. Talk about how many people Christopher Columbus hurt. How he thought indigenous people were disgusting. How, you know, they had tried to be kind to him and he knew he could take advantage of that. You know, like, we don't, we don't have that written on the statue. So you want statues? Why don't you do that? But, of course, that's not what these people really want. You know, they, to them, they still love them. They're still their heroes. Well, yeah. And, I mean, Christopher Columbus, if you really do the slightest bit of research about him, you'll find out that he was a fuck-up every step of the way. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Indians aren't called Indians because, you know, they're from India, but that's what he, and you know, thought. Like, that's why they're fucking Indians. Like, he n- never stepped foot on, on what we consider to be, you know, North uh, the United States and North America. Like, he, 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 he thought... The world was pear-shaped. Did you know that? I did not know that, but I, I'm not surprised. Common, miscon- 
common misconception is people thought that the world was flat back then. That's debunked. By by the time Columbus set sail, he had uh, he said no. The earth, now people were pretty aware the Earth was round, but he said no, it's pear shaped, and that's why I can find a shorter route north. <laughs> like, what a genius! I can find a shorter route, yeah, by going around the more narrow part of the globe. That's what he thought. He promised a bonus to anyone who find who found land. And when one of his men found land, he said, oh, well, I actually found it the night before. I just wanted to be sure today. So he didn't give that guy the bonus and he kept it himself. What the fuck? The only, yeah, the only positive thing that can be said for Columbus is that he worked his way up in station higher than he ever should have. He was born a poor man and fucking... You know, conned his way up. Conned his way up. Yes, like Trump. He, he does have a. He has a lot of similarities to Trump, except Trump was born with more of an advantage than Columbus was. But point is, like, if you really want, like, if I, one of the arguments is, oh well, we like it's for Italian people and blah blah blah. There's so many great Italian people. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm sure there are in history that you could put statues up of. Yeah, why not? Why this guy? You know, and like I think a lot of it has come down to our education. The uh, the same person that I mentioned um, earlier about the Yankees also, you know, we were talking about Columbus as well, and uh, I was trying to explain why the Redskins was you know racist. I was like, you know, they're not Indians or Native Americans. They're like, well, they're Native Indian. And I'm like, no, like that's that's not what that <laughs> like you you do know why they're called Indians, right? And they were like, well, because they're Native Indians. And I was like, no, because Columbus thought they were from India. And, and they were just like, no, like they didn't believe me. Like they really didn't believe me. Like they thought I was wrong. And this is someone who is a good person that I know very, very well, um, but did not, did not know. And there were other people at the table who also didn't know that was the reason they were called Indians. So it just goes to show people who are younger than me, who, who should have a better education, but people that, uh, you know, they're just not learning this shit. And it's, it's just like, it's mind-boggling that, to, you know, in 2020, people still don't know that Native Americans aren't Indians. Man, uh, I mean, there's also, uh, I put it in the show notes for previous episodes when I talk about, like, um, how when you're met with ideas that counteract your deeply held beliefs, you react as if it's a physical attack. So the article that that mentions that, you can find it in uh, the show notes for one of our earlier episodes. Uh that article mentions how George Washington had uh, animal teeth and slaves' teeth in his mouth as his dentures. And, um, you know, the article basically says, like, oh, so if I told you this, you would believe me. And then if I told you this thing about George Washington, you'd probably look it up. And guess what? First time I read that article, Ty, I looked it up because I could not believe that George Washington, the, you know, one of the founding fathers of our country, one of the people who, you know, I mean, he's known for having wooden dentures, that he would have that. But no, he had a crude spring-locked denture set up in his mouth where there were um, like mules teeth and slaves teeth, like other people's teeth and animals teeth in his own mouth. Oh like my God, man! What the you fuck? You know, like these people—they didn't fucking wash themselves. Like, like they weren't. You know, who were the real savages? Yeah, I know the na- the natives would would bathe a lot more than Europeans, right? And Europeans were like, "Oh, that's yeah. gross." What the what? <laughs> like they're savages? Come on, man! Seriously, and like you know, I, I I've said I've said before, like I don't think there's. Except in some cases, but for the most part, I don't think that there are cases of like entirely good or entirely bad people. 
I think that good people do bad things and bad people do good things. And like, yeah, like it's cool that, you know, we're no longer under British rule, I guess. But like, guess what? Like there's there's space, there's room to evolve. That's why yeah. amendments existed in the first place. Well, the, br- the British got rid of slavery way before us, right? You know, like, so what is that? Like, say, what the right? fuck? Like, like, we, why did we have to keep that tradition going? You know, like, come on. Because it's from an economic standpoint, it's what allowed America to catch up. That's We're America's capitalism, man. And, and yeah, unfortunately, free labor. they will step over the bodies of, of people to get there always from yeah. the beginning to the end. Um, I guess I'd like to close out this portion by just saying that you don't need statues to remember history. Nope. Uh, you don't need. I've also heard the argument that, oh, well, you know, if you don't remember history, you're doomed to repeat it. I don't keep up pictures of all my ex-girlfriends in my house. Just as a reminder to not fucking do it, like yeah, it's I'm your good. it's your actions, right? Like you, you're gonna you would teach your kids if you had them like the right way, yeah. right? Like you would you would you would live it. You wouldn't just talk about it or or just look at things that remind you of it. So the next article I wanted to talk about uh, surrounds Portland and what's been going on. Headline: Portland protests. All you need to know about Trump's crackdown from BBC.com. Nice. Tensions are mounting in the U.S. city of Portland, where federal troops have been sent to end almost two months of anti-racism protests, some of them violent. Protests began after the death of George Floyd in police custody in May. Uh, Custody, that's an interesting... Oh, yeah, I'm going to tear apart the language of this article, too, because even though it's BBC, it's still pretty fucking ridiculous. So whatever. Um, There have been nightly rallies ever since, with clashes between protesters and police escalating in recent days. President Donald Trump... See, the fact they called him president, that pissed me off. President Donald (laughs) Trump says he's trying to restore order. The approach has been criticized by local officials. What's been going on in Portland? Like other U.S. cities, Portland, Oregon saw a wave of peaceful protests after Floyd's death in Minneapolis, with thousands taking to the streets to demand police reform and racial equality. Recent protests, however, have been marred by violence, arson, damage to property, arrests, and allegations of police brutality. If I could just stop there. Um, Yes, violence against the protesters. Uh, Arson, are they talking about cop cars that were intentionally left in the middle of the street to be burnt? Um... (laughs) Are they talking about uh, looting that's happened because we have people from, you know, who have been suffering from however many months of unemployment because the mishandling of a global and national pandemic that, you know, that they, they've been taking to looting? Uh, you know, maybe that's what they're talking about. Sorry. Do, do you consider, I mean, do you consider violence against property violence? Like, is that considered, like, I think Move Left Idiots, a, a podcast I that don't. we're both familiar yeah. with, have, have brought this up. And I agree, like. If you if you break a window, is that violence? You're not hurting somebody, you know. So like, I think that's property damage and violence have become so uh, synonymous with each other, but they really shouldn't be. They should be, you know. We should remember, uh, you can fix a window, you can't fix someone's life being taken. And why not just come at the death of an innocent man with that same ire? You know what I mean? Yep. Like as disgusted as people are. By, uh, by, oh, they smashed a window and blah, blah, blah. Be, be just as disgusted, be more disgusted at the fact that, that somebody was killed, somebody was murdered, uh, you know, un, unjustfully, unlawfully, like whatever you want to call it. It's, it's not right. You know, it goes back to that meme because I know I said innocent man before. You know what George Floyd's crime was? His crime was, 
uh, forgery. Okay, and yeah. there's this meme I saw. Uh, you know, you've seen it too, and it just says, "Police aren't supposed to kill guilty people either." Yep. And I had to be reminded of that. I completely. I mean, they're given all the tools to kill people all the time. It must make sense for them to kill people, but. But guess what? That's that's not the fucking case. Like, that's why we have a judge and a jury. Old school days, we had an executioner, but still some places still had the death penalty. Like, it's supposed to be decided in a judicial process. Yeah, I mean, death should be the final, final option. You know what I mean? And and only as a true means of, I think, self-defense. But, you know, more often than not, it, it it's just them just killing people, you know, the, when yeah. there's so many other options to de-escalate. Yeah. Instead, they'll call they'll they'll say that breaking a window is violence, but killing uh, an unarmed black person is a uh, is a uh, racially charged yep, um, yep. racially charged uh, le- lethal less lethal force. Uh, you know, speaking of which, let me get recent protests. However, I've been marred by violence. Blah, blah blah. Last week, federal officers started cracking down on crowds gathering in the city against the wishes of state and local officials, drawing widespread criticism and legal challenges. Federal officers and unmarked vehicles appear to forcefully seize protesters from the streets and detain them without justification. They have also fired tear gas and less lethal munitions into crowds of demonstrators. I just want to tackle less lethal. That's <laughs> lethal is lethal, motherfucker. Like if you're, it's either safe or it's not safe. Yep. Like you know, from what I understand, uh, quote rubber bullets, which are just you know bullets encased with rubber, like huge fucking rounds encased in rubber are meant to be more or less bounced off of uh, surfaces and into people. Uh, Instead, we're finding that people are being shot with them directly and suffering brain damage, permanent disabilities, and yes, in some cases, death. So don't give the less lethal thing. Don't call it rubber. You're fucking attacking American citizens. I'll give them props, man. They're not using non-lethal anymore. They're using less lethal. So (laughs) at least least they're admitting, all right, this shit can kill you, just not as quickly as a regular bullet. Seriously. Um, and also, let's go to this federal officers and unmarked vehicles thing. There's a video in the article uh, linked to Twitter in which there's a protester who's just standing around and these guys come up in what looks like military gear. Uh, they arrest him and take him away. And there's no we don't know for a fact that these people are even federal officers. We have That's no another assumption. Are. Yeah, because guess what? All of these fucking Second Amendment militia cowards, and I call them cowards because they're constantly talking about, well, I'm, I'm stockpiling arms against the government in case they want to be tyrannical and take up, t- you know, trample on my rights and tread on my rights. Motherfucker, they're doing it right now. So get your guns and fucking defend defend your fellow Americans. Um, Excuse me. But, uh, <laughs> but like, but it could be any of those people, too. Okay, Uh, my fiance didn't want me to mention on the podcast, but I recently did purchase a firearm because uh, given how average American citizens have been treated by our government, I am honestly uh, starting to fear for the safety of myself and my family. So took advantage of that Second Amendment right. And I will tell you that throughout this entire process, all I saw were how much these people want to play army. When I went to the gun store, it was constant, uh, you know, camouflage this and camouflage that and tactical this and yep. tactical that. And all over the websites, you know, where, where I was going to, you know, to, to try and purchase a firearm because couldn't get anywhere we are right now from an actual store. They've been cleaned out. 
Um, you know, it, it is all a shitload of propaganda, lots of ads saying, do you agree with Donald Trump? Are you going to vote for him? Do you agree with Nancy Pelosi and her Democratic agenda? Do you uh, have trouble with erectile dysfunction? All of that stuff uh, marketed toward a very specific demographic of people. And a lot of it, it could have easily just been those people playing army. You know, they, they didn't, I didn't see any, any names on their uniforms or anything. Um, do you have any questions about that, by the way, while I'm talking about it? What do you mean about the gun? Yeah. Or just the, the process in general, or. I mean, I know we spoke off mic a little bit about it. You you told me it was pretty easy (laughs) to get, right? You just do a, a basic background check. So it was, and it wasn't, I will be honest. Um, you know, coming from the, you know, the leftist place I come from, I do, uh, you know, I'm very much of the whole, it's too easy to get guns. It's too easy to get guns. I will say in this instance, it was very difficult, mostly because of supply and demand. Right. And that comes from a couple of things. It comes from the pandemic when, you know, when this pandemic started and lockdown orders were being uh, implemented, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods to get a disc golf set. Uh, and I, you know, the people there were saying, 50% of the customers were buying gym equipment so they could work out at home. The other 50% were buying guns. <laughs> wow. So there's that. So, so that made it pretty tough. I went to a couple of gun stores, uh, local local firearm stores, and they said, like, oh, no, we're, we, we can't get you anything. But I was able to go online and negotiate with a shop in Florida. Now, that being said, they don't send it directly to you, okay? It does have to be above board. There does have to be paperwork that goes back to you. Uh, you know, you're not, it's not as easy, at least in these times to illegally buy a firearm. I know that there's like the gun show loophole and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, if gun shows ever start back up again, I'll, you know, I'll go and I'll see firsthand. So that way I can speak from experience. But, um, you know, but I had to have it shipped to a store here and I did have to do a background check even after I already paid for the gun and after the gun got shipped, I would have preferred to have done a background check from the beginning. That way I wouldn't have wasted my money or anything. Uh, But yeah, it was interesting. They ask you for your ID. They ask you uh, to fill out a thing. Um, you know, all of your name and contact information, where you were born, what um, felonies you may have against you. Have you been declared mentally ill by a judge? Uh, you know, are you currently addicted to any substances or other depressants? Interesting things about those. Mental illness, um, I think they don't have, I don't think it's as nuanced as it should be on that form because there's a difference between uh, having a psychotic disorder that causes you to be violent. Uh, or having like depression or something like that, or like, hey, guess what? This person's bipolar. They're on medication. They receive regular therapy. Why should that person have any less right than the average person to defend their household? Like, you know, I do think it is very ableist. Interesting. I do think there does. I do. You know, I do think there does have to be more, uh, more nuance to that stuff. Or if, for example, if you've been convicted of a crime, they don't want you to to have a gun afterwards. But all, but like, what was the crime? I think that that has to be more nuanced as well. Well, that I mean, that's also a problem with the prison system, right? We don't we don't reform people yep. either. If we did truly reform people, then they very well could come out and and own a firearm without any any kind of worry because they would have, you know, gotten the help they need to come back into society, but we don't do that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it should be about rehabilitation, not incarceration. And yet here we are. We also see people getting out of prison and not being able to vote. Now they paid their debt to society. Did they not? Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. And, you know, and it's also interesting, like just because you're on the left doesn't mean you can't 
want to own a gun or be pro-gun, right? I mean, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders was often criticized by liberals for this because he was very pro-gun, you know, and um, obviously a lot of left-leaning policies that he had uh, simultaneously with that. So, you know, um, it, it's interesting how like it's always like the rights or the libertarians that are like very pro-gun, um, or at least that's the image they give, right? You know, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, mixed. I'm, I'm learning more about it. You know, I do believe in, in gun control. Uh, my partner is very against firearms, so I won't be owning one anytime soon. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the other thing, too, is like, so my fiance's father, back when I was reading one of his gun magazines a few years back, he was like, oh, so you're looking to get a gun? And I was like, I was like, uh, maybe like I could see myself owning one, you know, because even not from a home defense standpoint, it, you know, when we go out to the country and we're skeet shooting and stuff like obviously safety comes first. But, you know, it's a cool thing to do. It's kind of, you know, it's it, it's it's fun. It's, you know, interesting to see how these machines have evolved from from the musket you know, or like, or a bow and arrow and a, and a sling to, you know, to what they are now. And it's interesting to see the intricacies of these machines and, 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 and how they operate and, and, and everything else. And honestly, the first time I ever held a gun, uh, a, a, you know, a live round ammunition gun uh, was when I was with my fiance's family. And I was, I was very frightened by it. I was frightened by the idea that I can turn to a person right now and with a move of my finger and their life. That's a lot of power to have. Um, you know, and I think that responsibility does need to be uh, enforced, made paramount, whatever you want to call it. But um, but then, my, you know, back to the question he asked me, he was like, oh, are you going to join the NRA? And I was like, no, I'm not going to join the NRA. <laughs> Which I, the NRA is know, so corrupt. Oh my god! Oh, fuck the fuck the NRA. I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. There's an awesome episode of Radio Lab. They're a podcast through uh, WNYC uh, Studios, and their whole series it's called uh, More Perfect, and it talks about different constitutional cases. And this one is called The Gun Show, and it talks about how the NRA originally started out and what it became in what was essentially an overnight coup d'état. <laughs> In which, yes, yeah, certain like members voted out the leadership and made the NRA into what it is today. Uh, you know, there's also the whole history of, um, you know, gu- uh, gun laws and uh, first being instituted because the Black Panthers decided, well, guess what? We're going to police the police. Yep. You know, we're going to carry guns around with us. And if, uh, you know, if anyone wants to approach us, just know that we have the right to defend ourselves with them. And, um, you know, I, I think we are you know, moving to uh, to a point where something like that might be necessary. That being said, it takes at least four months to to go through a permit process uh, to to get, you know, to get like a rifle or something like that. And uh, just so you know, a shotgun, um, you don't actually need a permit for. I just That's I crazy. just had to do my background check, which I passed. Yeah. Fine colors. Uh, so like you could have never handled it before, but you, you can still buy it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't, they did not ask about any of my experience. The only person who did ask was my fiance's grandmother. Wow. <laughs> she was like, she was like, do you even know how to shoot a gun? Because like, you know, she knows that I normally lean left and you know, maybe I guess she viewed me as the whole like, Oh, I'm a fucking pacifist uh, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, but 
I'm like, yeah, like I've dated her for five years. Like we've shot guns. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, William, we've shot some guns. Yeah, okay? you don't get into this. I mean, I don't know. I, otherwise, it comes into a point, I guess, where like if if unarmed black people are being killed anyway, you might as well arm yourself so you have a fighting chance, right? <laughs> like that's that's what it seems to be coming down to again. Well, yeah, that was what I told uh, the. Our friend Jay, who wrote into the podcast when we did our last housekeeping episode uh, about Black Lives Matter, and he said, oh, I have people telling me uh, to to arm myself. And and when I mentioned it to him through text, he was like, he was like, yeah, but now they have a reason to kill us. I'm like, they're fucking killing me anyway. Yep. They don't need a it reason. It doesn't matter. They don't need a reason. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a fucking reason. They've got you know, immunity. Meanwhile, yeah. And meanwhile, these people who are storming Capitol buildings with AR-15s and, and faux military gear yelling in officers' faces when those cops, that, if I were a cop, I would feel threatened. You know, men with firearms coming in and yelling in my face. That seems like much more of a threat than protesters standing around chanting, you know, like. You would so, think. Yeah, you would. You would think that. Yeah, uh, so it kind of piggybacks off of what you were just talking about. Um, there was an article from the Chicago Sun-Times that said, Trump may deploy federal agents to Chicago this week. Is Portland-style response an option? If Trump sends a Portland-style military action to Chicago, it would represent a dramatic escalation between Trump and Mayor Lightfoot. Uh, President Donald Trump and his administration hinted Sunday that federal agents may be deployed to Chicago as soon as this week to crack down on protests and gun violence in a military-style response similar to Portland, Oregon. If Trump sends a Portland-style action to Chicago, it would represent a dramatic escalation between Trump and Mayor Lori Lightfoot regarding how to deal with the city's ongoing battles against gun violence and demonstrations against racial injustice and police brutality. In a Sunday Twitter post, Trump said, The radical left Democrats who totally control Biden will destroy our country as we know it. Unimaginably bad things would happen to America. Look at Portland, where the polls are just fine with 50 days of anarchy. We sent in help. Look at New York, Chicago, Philadelphia. No. Lifewitz on Monday said she has great concerns about the use of federal agents given what happened in Portland. We don't need federal agents without insignia taking people off the streets, Lightfoot said at a morning news conference. So uh, they're looking to do the same thing they did in Portland in multiple cities. You know, now Chicago, he mentioned Philadelphia, New York. So you're going to see major cities with um, police without insignia, federal agents, coming and stealing people off the street and throwing them in vans. I mean, this is like Nazi Germany, right? Like, it's like, it's kind of scary because you don't know who these people are, where they're bringing you, what they're going to do to you. You know, like, how do we know people's rights are going to be protected if we can't even identify who's taking them and where? So, um, you know, you were just talking about what happened in Portland. This could be happening all around the country soon. Uh, and it's very, very frightening. So, you know, I, I know, again, I've, I've talked a lot about how much I despise Joe Biden, but I, I want to make it clear that I do not support Donald Trump in any way. Um, I think he's a terrible, terrible person. He has mishandled the presidency uh, in, in just about every way. Um, and this is just another one of his fear tactics to try and get control and show some strength and, and power from him and his administration. But uh, it obviously is, it, I would say, it violates the rights of, of our citizens. And um, it, it's a very scary direction to be going in. You know, I, I, I don't know what this can mean for the future. If this is something that he's willing to do multiple times, you know, this could be the future of where, where we head. You know, uh, we're, we're just on, you know, people without insignias are just grabbing you off the fucking street and you disappear. What's blowing my mind about this is that you'll see the conservative base every time 
anything wants to be introduced, they say it's fascism. Oh, Medicare for all? <laughs> That's going to lead to fascism. Black Lives Matter? They're all fascists. You know, uh, once again, they hate the government. Don't tread on me. All this other stuff. How do you not consider this to be fascism? They don't understand because they don't understand what fascism is. You know what I mean? Like, like there's this uh, misconception, like uh, you know, communism and fascism are the same thing, um, and people don't understand it. They don't understand what a socialist is. They don't. They don't understand what these concepts actually mean. They hear the word, they, they hear it being used in a sentence, and they assume now they understand it. You know, they don't actually take the time to research it. So, uh, you know, to them, fascism is Medicare for all. Um, you know, socialists are fascists to them, but actual fascism is not because it is something they're okay with. You know, they're okay with people who are protesting against police being dragged in a van somewhere. Um, and, and like, it, it, they should be concerned because, yes, you know, maybe maybe you are on the side of the police and you don't agree with this movement. But who's to say they won't do this in, in other instances, in other situations? What if they had done this to the people protesting the masks? You know, what if they had just been grabbed off the street and thrown into vans and kidnapped? You know, like, like this could happen to anybody potentially. And I'd love to follow up on that by just saying that unity is very important right now. And I know it sounds cliche, but when you think about it, it's just like you said, how long before it's you? It's easy to say, oh, well, those people are talking about stuff I don't agree with. So, yes, uh, take them and throw them into into a van and disappear them to a black site. And honestly, I, I don't agree with it, but I understand their sentiment that if they believe that rioting and looting is the worst thing in the world, if those people were being taken away and disappeared to black sites, once again, I I don't agree with it, but like I could see these people like being like, yeah, serves them right. But for protesters, and I don't like to use the term peaceful protesters, fuck that term, and I'll explain in a little bit, remind me, um, but protesters who are just exercising their First Amendment right, that can be you next week. And I've said this before, with any person of color who has a Make America Great Again hat or is fucking toting your Trump bullshit, okay, all it takes is for that hat to be knocked off your head and you're an S-word or, 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 or an N-word to those people, okay? They don't care about you. You're just using that hat as camouflage. And you may think, oh, well, you know, I'm one of these people because I believe in the law and I believe in this country. You know, maybe I immigrated here, quote unquote, the right way. And that's why I support Trump. And I don't want the, you know, my people making me look bad by coming here, quote unquote, illegally. You know, but guess what? You're not one of these people like, you You know, if you're a Trump supporter of color, you you don't count as a person to these people the moment you take off that hat and you know guess what same thing goes if you're such a patriot you could you should consider yourself an american first and foremost and americans are being taken away my google home is listening to i gotta unplug it i'm gonna fucking they're gonna swap me they're gonna fucking swap me right now <laughs> oh my god this is like fucking uh the stand or something man <laughs> seriously um but they're gonna they're gonna fucking it's gonna be you next that's it like you have a president who isn't interested in civil discourse who isn't interested in hearing your views because that's what a leader does yeah right yep. a leader listens a leader says okay let me make this better let me come to a conclusion that everybody can agree on or at least compromise and i help out a little bit everyone he doesn't want to hear what you're saying he wants to stoke fear. He wants to stoke uh, nationalism, extremism, and he wants to anyone who disagrees with him is getting taken away in an unmarked car by soldiers, quote unquote. We don't even know who the fuck these people are. You and I could dress up in camo. Yeah. 
and uh, girdles. Tr- and Trump doesn't fucking- care about his support. I mean, honestly, the the majority of Trump supporters have more in common with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protesters than they do with Donald Trump and the 1%. Right, And as much as they don't want to admit that, at the end of the day, it's true. Because we're all out here struggling to fucking survive here. And these people yes. are hoarding all the wealth and resources. And they're telling you, nah, it's it's the immigrants. It's the black people. They're taking all your stuff. And, and it's just like, it, it's just a narrative that has worked for so long. And it's just like, if only everyone could just wake up and realize, well, shit, you know, like this is this doesn't make any sense. Why am I why am I fighting against people of color who aren't taking things from me instead of going after people like Donald Trump and Jeff Bezos and and uh, Bloomberg, you know, who have just hoarded all that wealth. And to any of the so-called good cops and so-called good soldiers who who you know, may may be part of these institutions, but consider themselves to be a good person. Now is your moment because you're being told to attack your own America. You're being told to attack your own citizens. You are an instrument of terrorism, not foreign, but domestic. And your oath was to fight terrorism, both foreign and domestic. So you got to consider it right now because we've already found out from the Nuremberg trials. I was just following orders is bullshit. It's a bullshit defense. So you like you better hope you win because when we fucking make it out of this and people are being held accountable, we're not going to want to hear I was following orders. You know what the right thing to do is, you know what the wrong thing to do is. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> um <laughs> so Next thing I wanted to cover was uh, just some shit that I've that I've gotten into on uh, on Facebook, uh, which I <laughs> um, really have to start staying away from. But I promote the podcast through Facebook. Honestly, if it weren't for that, I probably would just get uh, get rid of it altogether. I'm old, so I still use it, but I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to delve into the uh, the Instagrams and the Twitters. Over the hill at 31, I'll let you know when I get there. Yeah, you'll be there soon. Um, but, uh, but I have seen this video circulating, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Uh, it's all these black celebrities talking about how white privilege doesn't exist. And I just want to say that that is, like, one of the things I hate the most. That, you know, it goes back to what I said before. You may think you're one of these people now because they've accepted you in as their own. But you are just as likely to get murdered by cops if they don't recognize you. You know, you're just as likely to be a victim of a hate crime from the local, uh, you know, clan chapter that doesn't watch your movies. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's just as likely to happen. Uh, yeah, there's this video. It has uh, Morgan Freeman on it and his famous or I want to say infamous interview uh, where he says, uh, you know, we need to stop talking about racism. Right. That's the problem. Don't talk about it. And I'm like, you know, or like, I don't like Black History Month. Because black history is American history. It, you know, like like that that shit and his words just being terribly twisted. I'm going to say it right now. Um, fuck him for that interview. Uh, because since I think he has changed his tune, I've checked out his social media and it's very much like, tell me about your examples of, of racism and oppression. Tell me your stories. Too late. You have, you, have, you have people who are sharing your words in order to justify their own hate. So, yeah. Congratulations. You are the enemy now. You you are. 
And, you know, I've there's also, who else is on this video? There's a few people, uh, but there's Anthony Mackie, who's known, you know, for being in the MCU as Falcon. You know, he talks about like, oh, well, back in the day, we had Archie Bunker from All in the Family. We had the Jeffersons and they were, you know, uh, racist characters. And instead of getting upset, we laughed. We laughed with each other. And it's like, yes, that's stuff on TV that you can laugh at. But guess what? I re You know what? I'll take this back to... Uh, I'll take this back to one of my last stand-up sets. I have some jokes about black people that I normally tell to black crowds, and it comes from a place of more of camaraderie and, and familiarity that they laugh. But I've told those same jokes in front of very white crowds, and I've gotten very different laughs. And that's when I decided to stop telling those jokes. Yeah. Because... They may laugh at that stuff, but they're not, like, along with you. They're like, yes, we completely see these people as different. And, you know, this this is funny to us because it dehumanizes these people. Um, You know, I, th I think that, that is, that's the problem. Or you might see it on a TV show and you assume TV is reality. And a lot of people do. I know it's easy to say, oh, well, that's not real. But, like, no, you – Tim Allen and his Last Man Standing show – I, you know, the, he plays basically one of those guys, this conservative, you know, boomer dude who has all these views and millennials are soft and, and sensitive and all this other bullshit. Like those shows help to galvanize and reinforce beliefs that that people already have. And I'm not just talking about conservative people. I'm talking about fucking racist people. I'm talking about people who are stuck in their ways and need to get out. Um... There's also Lil Wayne, who says that he never experienced racism. He doesn't see racism in, because his fans are white. He doesn't think it exists. Like, all people who have made it. Denzel Washington, one of the greatest actors ever in the history of acting. He said in this interview, oh, it's about taking responsibility in your own home instead of blaming the system. Uh, you know, that there are young gang members who didn't have father figures in the home and stuff wow. like that. And it's like, okay, but... Why did they not have father figures? Like, keep following this trend. Yep. Oh, they were in jail. Why were they in jail? Because they deserve to be there or because they're three times as likely to be incarcerated as the average white man? Yep. Is it for drug crime? Is it, you know, because they had no other way to make money for their families? You know, like, you have to look at the cause and effect here. They don't. They just want to look at, oh, it's personal responsibility. I made it so anybody can make it. And it's easy to say when you're fucking rich, right? When you're a millionaire. And I, I think that's why Colin Kaepernick was was so heroic in what he did because, you know, he had made it. He, he was a professional, you know, football player in the NFL with a lot of money. And he took a stand. And I think that was the criticism he got from like, well, you know, he doesn't know what it's like. He's Look at him. He's, he's got it all. But he, he, instead of, you know, forgetting his roots and forgetting what the people, you know, that look like him have to deal with on a daily basis, he decided to make a stand for that. So it's really disappointing to see people like, you know, Denzel and, and, and Anthony Mackie make these comments, man. That's, that sucks. And I mean, with all due respect to them, their tunes probably changed by now. But what I'm saying is what they said when they said it has not helped the movement. No. I mean, people can change. You know what I mean? If they were to come out and be like, yeah. I was wrong. Uh, you know, I, I, I was totally wrong. You know, those words are not accurate. I realize now, you know, then, then I think you got to give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt. People make mistakes, yeah. but you know, until they do fuck them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like cancel culture can be rough. Um, you know, you do, you do to an extent have to give people 
room to recognize their mistakes and to grow. But it's like we said in the Lord of the Rings episode, right? You know, though, though, you know, people who hurt us in the past may be good people now. Guess what? The damage they did was still done. You can't forget that yep. stuff. You yep. know, that's that's it. That You know, the damage is is done at this point. Um, the, I love that you brought up uh, Kaepernick because, you know, a lot of people did say that. Oh, you know, you're so oppressed all of a sudden. It's like, no, th- this caught people off guard because they're not used to people with privilege speaking out for those without it. Yes. You know, like as like we we see it with you know uh, politicians and billionaires and everything. Like you know, they'll talk shit about AOC because of her history as a bartender. And there are Republicans and conservatives who eat it up. They're like, yeah, fuck AOC. She was a bartender. She doesn't know. It's like she's closer to you, dude. You're a, you are a joke to these people as a working class citizen. You are simping so hard for millionaires and billionaires that you will never have the chance to touch, never have the chance to be close to. But you're happy living a mediocre life. You know, like it just it doesn't make any sense to me that, you know, they're like, oh, well, th- you're just not used to people with power speaking up for you. Exactly. It's, it is Stockholm syndrome, just like you said. And, and, and again, like, you know, for all the money these people have doesn't mean that a, a cop can't racially profile Anthony Mackie or, or, or Colin Kaepernick or, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it doesn't change the fact that because of the color of their skin, they could very well, uh, you know, be murdered by a police officer like that, you know, as much money as they have, that can't change that. You know, are they likely to be able to be like, Hey, I'm Denzel Washington. And maybe the cop will be like, Oh, well, you know, fuck you know, I won't kill him, you know, but, but at the end of the day, things happen real quick and you, you don't know, you know, it, it could very well happen to them still. Yeah, if you still haven't listened to Dave Chappelle's uh, special, it's called 846, 8 colon 46. 846 is symbolic because not only was it the time of birth for Dave Chappelle, 846 a.m., but it was also the amount of time that Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck for. And he mentions that a cop who is well known for killing, I don't remember exactly who it was, you'll have to forgive me for that, uh, who's well known for killing an unarmed black individual, he pulled over Dave Chappelle shortly before he did that. Jesus Like within Christ. a couple days. And just because he recognized him, he was like, all right, cool, you can go. And then a couple days later or a day later, whatever it was, ends up killing an unarmed black person. Like, yeah, you're always in danger. You know, fight for that world where it's not like that. Yeah, because not everyone has your your ability to be like, hey, I'm Dave Chappelle, right? You know, like... There are yeah. so many people who don't, and, and you should want them to have the same chance of living that you do. Because right? we're talking yeah. about human life here. We're talking about people having the ability to just get through their fucking life without being worried about being killed for something they didn't even do. you know, Or did do, because it doesn't matter. No one should be murdered. Like Murder is just, it's, it's never okay. Yeah. And that takes me to another Dave Chappelle uh stand-up special where he's talking about like how he was able to go back to his high school and talk to them and give them like motivational speeches and he's like you know listen you gotta i'm paraphrasing here and he's like you gotta you know try and get out of the hood you know best way to do it he's like you gotta start studying real hard stop blaming the white man for all your problems and get to dancing he's like you know learn a sport learn you know learn how to rap something just get to entertaining these white people like which is so true like think of how many successful black people there are and i'm sure that there's a bunch of you know successful black business owners and stuff like that but think of how many black people are famous just for entertaining white people yeah their value 
of the white dollar, you know? And I feel like they're used as an example. Like, there'll be so many people, like, how many Americans love football, right? And they'll see, you know, like, one of the, like someone like, I don't know, George Floyd get killed and be like, why couldn't he be like, uh, you know, this football player or that football player? And it's like, they're, they're major sports players, right? They're athletes. Do you compare white people the same way? You know, like, if a white person gets arrested, like, oh, man, it should have been, like, Roger Clemens. You know, it's just like, you don't do that. It's not the same. Like, there's not the no. same there. You're not comparing people the way you should. Like, this is just, it's such a ridiculous comparison to make. And, like, you shouldn't expect every black person to have, to to attain that level of fame or, or skill. You know, you don't expect the same from white people. You know, how many white people are just fucking do nothing? They're just dirtbag, just chill. You know what I mean? Like... Like well, that's special. Like well, yeah. Like I think the idea of what you're trying to say is that like every white person's life all automatically has value. Yes. And for black people or people of color, you have to earn it. Yep. You know, you have to earn value from white America. Just just to be alive here in America, just to live, you you have to have some sort of value if you're black. Yeah. And I'll admit it, I do think that a big part of my life and why I've been able to get to where I am despite where I've been, you know, we're talking mentally ill uh, parents, drug addiction in my family, uh, homelessness from a young age, constantly being bounced around. But there were also a lot of people who helped me through it, your family being one of them. you know, but there were a lot of people who helped me through it. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, teachers and, and guidance counselors who saw me and were like, you know, he's got potential. Let me help him out. Blah, blah, blah. I wonder how many people would have done those things for me if I were black. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's it. Like if, if my father followed suit with the rest of his siblings and had kids with a Latinx person and I looked like a Latino person yeah. as opposed to, you know, being the daywalker that I am, see Blade if you don't get the I mean, reference. well, your dad's very dark. What if you just look like him? You yes. Know? Yeah, if I just look like him, how many people would have helped? I honestly don't, I don't think I would have gotten the same amount of help. And I can, and I can say that. I can still acknowledge that my struggle has been real while saying it could have been worse or it's not as bad or saying, guess what? I benefit from white privilege. Yeah. I do. It takes nothing away from your struggle. You know, I, not I, at all. I think that's that's where people get the misconception. It doesn't say that you had it easy. You had it far from easy. You had a really, really tough time, man. You know, the, the cards are stacked against you. And yet you still had an easier time than someone who looked different. Yeah. I just know that whatever I went through wasn't made tougher because of the color of my skin. And that's that. Yeah. You know? Uh, just because we're talking about comparing things uh, that aren't comparable, uh, we have joined this Facebook group called <laughs> Conservatives Comparing Things That Aren't Comparable. Yes, great, uh, great group. I did leave the cartoon shit posting group because they spoiled Last of Us 2 for me. I was oh, are you serious? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't the racism or the homophobia <laughs> in the group because there was a lot of that. It was the fact they spoiled the Last of Us 2 for me and I was like, fuck this, I'm out. Oh, um, you have to tell me off mic yeah. when they spoiled <laughs> Oh, I will. Um, you beat the game? Yeah, I'm done with it. Okay, good, good, good. Um, but basically, yeah, so I also joined this site called, uh, this Facebook group called Conservatives Comparing Things That Aren't Comparable. Uh, it's pretty hilarious, but it's also sad because a lot of these people are sharing posts that their family members and friends have shared. Yep. And stuff that just doesn't make any sense. I got into it with this complete stranger. He's the one who shared something that said, like, how come there aren't any protests for, I want to say her name was Jessica Whitaker. She was a woman who 
Basically, she had gotten into an altercation, a racially charged altercation with uh, with some <laughs> black men. It was her, her boyfriend, and a friend. These black guys were walking by. One of her friends used the N-word. And then those guys were like, hey, you know, like they got into words with them. And they were like, yo, black lives matter. And they were like, and she, this woman said, all lives matter and blah, blah, blah. You know, after the thing ended, they all walked their separate ways. She was later shot. Her husband, uh, sorry, her boy, uh, her fiance, excuse me, her fiance, he had a gun on him. He fucking shot out into the dark, didn't know where it came from. Hopefully he didn't hit anyone. Um, and that was that. And so basically this guy shared it and he was like, we're the protest for this woman who was killed by BLM thugs. And I, and I simply was like, are they looking for her killers? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, no need to protest. Yeah, that's, that's the difference, right? <laughs> That's it. You know, the McMichaels didn't get arrested until after a video went viral and pressure was put on, you know, on the, the governors there. Um, you know, Breonna Taylor's murderers still haven't been arrested. It only, you know, it took activism and, and guess what? Protesting. And let me say it now. The term peaceful protesting is completely fucking bullshit because peaceful protesting, what you want is you want to hear people. You want people to be, um, you know, oh, we have permits and we're in this area and we're shouting what's upsetting us. Yep. And that's what peaceful protest is. And it doesn't inconvenience you in any way. We are a country founded on protest. We are a country. Fa- you think the revolution against uh, against Britain was legal? No, like we are a country that is founded on 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 fighting the power. And guess what? You don't do that unless you're inconveniencing them. Yep. Think of, you know, how many and those, they say it on move left all the time. So, you know, I won't say this is an original thought I came to. But think of how much change happened when fucking, you know, police stations were being burnt down and stuff like that. Yep. You know, Do I think the loss of life is what should happen? No, I don't think that. You know, that that uh, that a business owner, a small business owner, that their business should be destroyed um, or that or that they should or that they, you know, should get killed in the process or anything like that. But the people you in power know, don't care about things. lives. They, they care about property. So as soon as you burn down property, that's when they go, whoa, 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 we got to do something. You know what? OK, we'll, we'll arrest these guys. We'll, we'll, we'll press charges. Just stop yeah. burning down our, our source of income because we need to make more money. Yep. Yep. And but racists also only care about destruction of property. They didn't. They were not as angry about George Floyd's death or Brianna. You know, because because they always say, "Oh, George Floyd wasn't an angel." Fuck you, Ahmaud Arbery's death, Brianna Taylor's death. Let's say, let's go back. Trayvon Martin's death. You weren't, uh, you know, Tamir Rice, Walter Scott. You weren't angry about Sandra Bland. Sorry, uh, Philando Castile. You weren't angry about any of the, these people. The way you're pissed about a fucking Target. Are you kidding me? I had a coworker get into it with me because, uh, you know, he said, what about, what about the people that work there? Now they're out of a job. There was a mother who had children. She had children and she can't work now because Target's not there anymore. And, and that was, you know, that was his reasoning. He, <laughs> he, I was like, you need there to aren't calm. any other targets. Like, you need to calm down. I was like, I'm sure Does they're going to work something out for her, first of all. And second of all, she still has her life. She's still alive and she can get another job. George Floyd cannot come back to life. You know, it doesn't work like that. And I'm fairly sure the CEO of Target, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes afterwards. He did. Yeah. What did, He <laughs> said, like, oh, like, it's just property. I'm insured. You know? Like, yeah, he's we'll like, I, it's fine. Like, it's, you know, he, you know, obviously, I, a lot of it's placating. But, you know, he said, like, I support the yeah. Black Lives Matter movement. Like, it's just a building. So, you know what? If the fucking guy who owns it says that, then maybe you should chill the fuck out and, and, and worry about something else. 
Oh, and the other thing I want to say about that is, like, if you truly believe, if you truly believe that there should be protests for this this poor, she was a mother. She was a mother of a three-year-old. She was ready to get married. She was ready to go back to school. It's a fucking tragedy. We don't even know that the people they got into an argument with were the people who shot her. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't really know. don't know. The investigation is still ongoing. But if you really care that much, you can protest. Nobody is stopping you from protesting. So so you're only using this as a whataboutism argument. Same thing with Blue Lives Matter. If you cared enough about Blue Lives in the first place, you would have started advocating for it before people started saying Black Lives Matter. If you really care about uh, the other uh, one is, oh, what about child sex trafficking and blah, blah, blah. If you really cared about that, A, you wouldn't have voted for your fucking president, okay? And B, you, you would have been, you would be out up at arms about it every single day, not just when, you know, uh, QAnon tells you to. You would, you would be up at arms if you were really upset, if you were kept up at night by the thought of, of child sex trafficking and sex trafficking in general and human bodies, then yes, you can protest about it anytime you want. So don't give me the whole, where are the protests for this? Where are the protests for that? Make one. Hey, yep. Go protest. Go for yep. it. Go protest. Um, last thing I had before we get into some fun stuff, and then we'll we'll leave you guys to uh, ponder your fucking existence in this hellscape of reality. We should have talked about a TV show. We should have talked about a fucking movie. <laughs> well, we got we got a couple plans. So uh, yeah, it's better. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's this whole idea. Uh, you know, we've seen that a lot of places. Uh, you know, the capitalism has been doing the most to try and get by. Uh, we see that they're they're tr- going to start playing "Lift Every Voice" at football games, either uh, I think in tandem with the national anthem, or or instead of something like that. And people are getting pissed about that. Uh, we're seeing that there are a lot of white actors stepping down from voicing black characters. We're seeing that blackface episodes of different shows are being pulled from you know from their entire show's catalog. Um, how do you feel about those? Uh, all of that. Um, I mean, am I against it? No. You know, I think anytime we we increase uh, representation for for black or black people or, or any people of color, it's a good thing because it's it's still an issue. You know, no matter how far we've come, like it's still a problem. Um, I just my concern is that they use it. I keep using this word to placate people uh, into accepting that as real change when real change is obviously dealing with systematic racism, um, the prison system, police reform. Um, you know, making sure that the, the the rights of people of color actually matter, uh, you know, and and not just, you know, letting a voice actor get a job. You know, I think it, it's so much more than that. So I'm cool with it. I hope we keep doing it, but I hope we actually keep focusing on the stuff that's important and keep protesting and keep fighting for those rights. That is better than I could have said it. Uh, you know, I saw someone on social media just, and that's exactly how I feel about it too. It's cool. It's nice, but like, this person on social media said, "Black Lives Matter is getting everything except for what they asked for." Yep. You know, like that—that's that's fine. You know, uh, we won't see people in blackface on TV shows and stuff like that. But like, you know what? Even Disney is keeping all their racist stuff on Disney Plus. They're just putting an ad, like a uh, uh, a disclaimer before it, being like, "Yo, this was racist. It's not cool." Why can't TV shows do that? This has a this has a racist depiction. You want to learn more about the history of minstrel shows and blackface? Fucking here, visit this link or something. 
That's how people are going to be educated. That way you won't get pissed next time Aunt Jemima is being taken off of a box. Like, yep. you know, education is really what, what, what you need. Um, you know, lift every voice. That's, that, that's great. That's interesting. Hopefully we can stop treating black bodies like things that are, you know, used and abused in football. You know, as somebody who is not a huge sports fan, but plays fantasy football every year, I enjoy <laughs> watching. I'll say yeah. it. But yeah, they never asked for this. That's another thing. People are getting mad that, oh, you know, these black people are asking for so much, blah, blah, blah. Maybe not in your circles, definitely in mine. Um, <laughs> but like, but, uh, you know, they, they never asked for that. They never asked for Aunt Jemima to be taken off of anything. They're not asking for lift for a different national anthem to be played. They're asking you to hold accountable state-funded, state-run murderers. That's all it is. Like, overhaul the system, and that's it. That's it, man. That's all they want. They just want, they just want to be able to live, right, and, and have the yeah. same actual equal rights as any other person in this country and around the world. Absolutely. And it, it's not even, like, it's not even a matter of just, like, black people either. Like, because there, there's also the argument of, um, <laughs> there's also the argument of, well, you know, a bunch of white people are killed by cops every year. You don't see us protesting about that. Why the fuck not? Yeah. What are you talking about? Why would you not protest that? It's just, I think it's because we've been indoctrinated to believe that cops just kill. Every be- fucking John McClane, the guys from True Detective, like every cop, which... God, fucking love all those characters. Yeah, they're like, great. Every but cop we've seen, they're not doing their job unless they're killing, right? It's so, it's it's a false, uh, you know, representation. It's kind of like you know the argument like how porn is a false representation of of you know sex or, or or romance. It's kind of the same with that stuff, right? Like you know the action cop from the eighties is not is not the cop that you're going to encounter on the streets. You know, it's not John McClane. You know, it's it. Unfortunately, they make you think that they're these heroic um, heroes. Uh, you know, f- these people that are great, and a lot of times, unfortunately, they're not. Yeah, and I think we'll find the same thing uh, with our own relationships. Once our, uh, once our girlfriends, wives, fiancés, once they start asking to be DP'd in the center of a bukkake birthday party, <laughs> we'll find out that it's not exactly what we wanted. I think that that's what we yeah. discover. Yeah, there you go. Um, there you go. Um, but, you know, that also plays into the, the bumper sticker, the whole, if you don't like the cops, don't call them. See how that works out. It's like, listen, I never said I didn't like cops. I mean, maybe I have, but, you know, back when these were first coming out, these bumper stickers, like, I just said, like, maybe they can be called to help people without murder. Like, yep. that's all. You know, but you're saying don't call them. If you don't like them murdering you, don't fucking call them. As in, that's their job. That's their default. Yeah. You call the cops, expect to get murdered. Sorry. So we, but we need another option because who are you going to call? The Ghostbusters? You know, you need somebody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to it. But yeah, exactly. And that's what, the, you know, the whole defund the police movement is just about that. Yeah, it's not, it's not having you know, anarchy. It's having systems in place, people who are trained to deal with specific situations. You know, a mentally ill person, you call someone who knows how to deal with a mentally ill person. You call someone who knows how to deal with someone who's armed. You call somebody who knows how to deal with a drug crime. Like, it's not just, hey, uh, you just get to do everything. All right, so here's your six months of training and uh, go out there and just deal with whatever life throws at you. Here's, you go, 911. You know, it's just, 
it's you know, and I've I've said it in the podcast before. Um, it it's unfair to a lot of police officers to have to wear that many hats. Uh, you know, it, it really is. So like I you know I get it's a stressful job, and unfortunately, a lot of the guys who who take on that role just use it as a power trip, and that's that's you know a huge problem. Yeah, and if you do truly claim to be, like, a supporter of the cop, I'm back in the blue line, motherfucker. Like, if you are that person, then you should, you get in the streets and start protesting for the cops who have spoken out against uh, systemic racism and police brutality and were fired for it. Like, that's what, that's what you should be doing. You should be arguing that, that the cops can't handle everything and that, yeah, maybe a social worker is better equipped to handle a situation than a cop is. Or, uh, you know, why do I have to call a cop if I get into a fender bender? Yeah. Is nobody better for that? You know, (laughs) you know, or like, or maybe you should put some, some more of that funding into emergency services. Let's say it's a full out car accident and you know, a a total situation, not a fender bender. You like, you want to see you don't need the cops there necessarily. If at the end you find out somebody was drunk, okay, arrest them afterwards, but you need emergency services. You need paramedics. You need the fire department. Like, those are the things you need. I'll tell you what. I, I've had a call 911 a few times at my job for people who have fallen or been injured or, you know, customers, criminals, whatever. And a lot of times, like, a police officer will get there first, and they do nothing. <laughs> like, they literally just like, so what happened? Oh, Yeah. Huh. They get out a piece of paper. They take a couple of notes down. They don't check on the person. They don't do like I've never seen them try to like you know make sure they're okay. They're just like they just talk to the management and ask you know what happened. And then the paramedics come in and they they you know make sure the person's okay. So I'm just like, what's even the point? Like why'd you send them? I don't I don't need a cop here. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're like what the fuck are you doing here? Like no one's no one's assaulting anyone. Like it just, somebody passed out. You know. That's yeah. That's it. We don't. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, you know, and then the, there's the whole like, oh, what if they're, what if the mentally ill person is violent? Cause that's, that's the narrative we're always fed, right? Mentally ill people are violent and they're evil and they're going to kill us and kill themselves, blah, blah, blah. You know, despite that, they're more likely to be victims of abuse than, yep. than uh, you know, those who, who abuse others. But, um, you know, guess what? There are people who work with mentally ill people and get their fucking asses kicked all the time. And they're not asking for guns. No. They're not asking to, to be able to kill a mentally ill person. Are you kidding me? They have de-escalation methods. They have other ways of defending themselves and, and, and calming the person down. Sometimes you just got to talk to a person, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, a lot of people just need to be heard. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, pulling a gun and shooting them in the face isn't really doing that. Yeah, more aggression is not the key to solve uh, a problem. It's not going to de-escalate. And also, just the idea of everyone is an enemy to you. That's not a good mindset to go into a, a, prof- a profession in which your whole goal is to serve and protect. You can't view everybody as an enemy. Nope. So, do you have anything fun you want to talk about? Anything you've been watching, playing before we close out? Sure. Um, <laughs> I've been watching 13 Reasons Why, which is not fun. But, uh, super fun show. So, super yeah. fun. I've been playing some video games. Um, I just beat The Last of Us 2. Uh, definitely also not fun in terms of story. It's very depressing. Um, I definitely had some issues with the story, but the gameplay was super fun. Uh, they really like made, in, improved from the first game in a lot of ways. Um, and and there's just a really fun time playing it. And uh, for my birthday, I got Ghost of Tsushima for PlayStation. 
and oh, is that it's, the samurai dude, one? Dude, it's amazing. You're you're is basically it so good? yeah. So like it, it basically it, it's about um, the Mongols invade the island of Tsushima, which actually happened, you know, in Japan, and uh, they've wiped out just about all the samurai. And you play one of the last samurai left on the island. And he's trying to save their leader so that they can, you know, kind of stage a rebellion and take back their home. Uh, but he has to fight in a way that samurai aren't trained to do. You know, he has to almost become an assassin and and use the the people of the of the island and, and find like other warriors and and uh, you know use different skill sets. So whether it's like you know like Assassin's Creed, like you jump and like assassinate a guy, you have like kunai, uh, you get a bow, you can do a standoff mode where you can challenge someone to a, a one hit duel. So you like pull the sword out like Roni Kenshin. Um, you know, oh you, you, yeah, there's God. different like sword stances. Awesome. You can you can parry like they really nailed samurai combat and it's also a really cool story you know and, he, and him as a honorable warrior coming to terms with the idea that you can't always face your enemy uh, eye to eye when your enemy doesn't do the same back you know the Mongols are brutal and they'll do whatever it takes to to take this island so he has to break his code a lot uh, and it's just it's just really fun man it's a lot like um, Assassin's Creed or Shadows of Mordor where you kind of have like an open area you can explore as you want take you know take whatever uh, quests on you want you get different upgrades you can increase you know different stats on your sword get different armor it's, it's a oh, man it's a lot of fun I'm loving it and it's, and it's gorgeous to look at that's baller I can't wait for you to lend it to me after your <laughs> um and uh, fun fact, I just looked up the game because when you said the last samurai, like it reminded me of the last samurai. Right, with Tom Cruise. And I was like, is he a white guy? Uh, majority of the cast actually is not. Uh, seems to be uh, Asian. Yeah, I looked it up. I was really impressed. They did a really good job making sure that. Um, well, so an article actually came out that you know their depiction of, of feudal Japan is very very accurate, and it was made by an oh, all American really? company, um, I think in California. If I'm not mistaken, um, but they really nailed it. Apparently, they did a really good job honoring you know the people of Japan and, and trying to, to not make it you know extreme. The only criticisms were some of the dialogue was a little uh, fast paced and maybe a little modern. But other than that, they said did a really really good job depicting it. So uh, you know, bravo! They, they they really crafted a beautiful game, and and uh, I think. It's Famitsu or one of the Japanese um, game magazines gave it a perfect score, and it's only the third wow. Western game to ever get a perfect score from them, uh, up there with Skyrim and I think Grand Theft Auto Five. So, uh, pretty amazing job, super fun to play, uh, and also kind of cool to see like you know, feudal Japan. That is awesome. I can't. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to play it. I want to be in, immersed in that. I did start playing The Last of Us again just to yeah. prepare for The Last of Us Two, but like it was just a little too real. So yeah, it's all, it's, um, it's it's not. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you and I are both working actively on our comic again. Yes, that's uh, very very exciting. It's been a highlight every, for me. Yeah, every couple years, you know, we get back into it, and it, I, I think it's actually going to happen. It feels real this time. Like it feels, it feels right. real. We're on we're on the same page. I can't wait to get my new drawing tablet in. I'm actually doing things. So uh, I've started reading comics again. Nice. Uh, you know, partially as research, but also because I I have a whole list of comics that I need to read that I just put in long boxes and haven't read them in years. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do that again. Let's start reading comic books again. And it actually has been really awesome. I'm really enjoying it. Like, I take time to take the dog outside, and I sit in a chair, and, uh, you know, she just 
fucking lounges around like she likes <laughs> to do. She just she doesn't need to be super active. She just likes being in the sun. Uh, and you know, and I just get to read. That's and awesome. It's 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 awesome. It's been really really fun. Uh, you know, I told you about uh, Batman and the Signal, which has potential. Uh, you haven't read Death Metal yet. That's no, the, I haven't. Mm. Damn it! Put off the D and D game till later. Shoot to Smithtown. <laughs> death Metal. Just go um, get it. Yeah, but uh, but actually, there's some stuff there that made me reread uh, Dark Knight's Metal, which came nice. before it. For those of you who are uninitiated, these are the same uh, same writer and artist combo that was uh, that worked on Batman Last Night on Earth, which we did do a couple of episodes about. So uh, yeah, Snyder and Capullo they work very well together. Um, it occurred to me that I don't really remember much about Dark Knight's Metal because it was like an epic. I was reading it like every other week or every, you know, once a month when the issues actually came out. Uh, but it, it was, it's this awesome story. And the highlight of it for me is that there's a different version of Bruce Wayne from like every, uh, from all these different universes. And there's one that killed the flash and took his speed force. And there's one that killed Aquaman and became like the ruler of Atlantis. And she's, she's actually a woman who like, it experimented on her internal organs so she could breathe oh. underwater. There's um there's the the Doomsday one. He was fighting Superman and became Doomsday to beat him. There's the one that had to kill Wonder Woman and um but the, the and then there's one that also uh killed uh no, he didn't kill anyone. Uh he overcame the fear of his parents' death and became a Green Lantern. Right. But he did use the ring to kill. Yeah. And that, that's what led him to becoming an evil Green Lantern. I think his name is called Dawnbreaker. Yep. And all of them have awesome single-issue yeah. comics. The Grim Knight, uh, the Batman Who Laughs. There's some really cool ones. Yes. Batman Who Laughs is probably the most prolific. He made it into um, the, the sequel, Death Metal, which is currently coming out. But that's why I need, I need you to read it. Oh, I know. Um, I know. But, uh, but yeah, the... Um, of course, the Dawnbreaker book, if you can find it online to read it, that would be great because the actual book was drawn by an incredible artist. He's also a fucking Nazi alt-right motherfucker, like huge Trump supporter. Oh, who he's drew a it? soy boy as a not. His name is Ethan Van Sy. Oh, right, right. Yep, yep. He's a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, he's a fucking sack of shit. A huge comics gate guy, you know? But he's Unfortunately, super great artist, this guy. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And that's what I said. When we're at a Comic-Con panel, I'm going to thank Comicsgate for motivation because I'm going to say if Nazis could make comics, there's no reason why you and I couldn't either. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Um, yeah, I'm a little behind you know my on my part? comics. You know what my favorite part of Dark Knight's Metal was? What? And I, it's only, I only, I remember, it's like one of the only parts I remember is at the very end when they're talking about like all the different metals that make up the blah, blah, blah. And they use those metals to make armor and they need to use them to fight back the dark universe and everything. And, and it says like, and Scott says, Scott Snyder, the writer, he says like, there's this one bit of metal that's like hidden in every single human being that like, if we all came together, we could use it to defeat the darkness. I'm getting chills talking about it. Nice. And he says, uh, you know, because deep down we're all a little metal. Yeah, it was great. I love and that line. That was so good. Um, and also, I've been watching the show Yellowstone with my fiance. It's oh yeah, I wanted to check awesome. that out. It's it's super worth it. I know I showed you one scene from it a while back. It's on its third season. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's gonna be one of those they had us in the first half. Not gonna lie, ones because 
you know, the show is, um, you know, majority white cast. Kevin Costner plays the owner of the Yellowstone Ranch, Jack Dutton, and he plays more like the Godfather. It's like the Godfather set in a modern day Western. Uh, you know, he he has ways of controlling everything. He's member. He's like the head of the Livestock Commission, and they do all sorts of shady shit to secure their land and get more and all this other stuff. He has this badass daughter who doesn't take no for an answer and she fucking like gets, you know, will tear you down if you get in her way. He has this bitch of a son who he sent to law school instead of having him stay around to become a rancher. So he uses him to get, it's actually very similar to the Trumps, um, <laughs> except uh, these kids are actually useful. Uh, and he, um, he like uses his legal know-how to to save his family from everything, and then he has his one son Casey, who is a veteran. Uh, he's like a very deadly man, but he actually left the family to be with a, a native woman, and he's like seen as an outsider because he lives on the reservation with her and his kid, who's now you know he's like half white, uh, half indigenous person. And then they hit you with all that. They bring it into like, there's also like all the same stuff that Kevin Costner's character is doing. So is, uh, so are like Chief Rainwater, who is like, you know, he is pretty much like the figurehead of all the native people in this area. He's like the most successful. He owns a bunch of casinos. He owns a bunch of land and they're constantly like at war with each other. And uh, it's it's really awesome because they don't shy away from all the fucked up shit that white America has done previously. And it is really great to see them get called out on that. And um, also, I think it's a very feminist show because you have like all of the most powerful people in the show are the women. And it seems to be all of the men who are unsure of themselves. Interesting. Like they yeah, like they don't like they come across these tough cowboys, but like a lot of them don't know their place in this world. You know, maybe they're too old and the world's changing or, um, you know, they came back from war or uh, or the one guy who's like. Kevin Costner's second in command. He's a sexy cowboy named Rip. And he was taken in by Kevin Costner as a kid. So he was raised on this ranch. They get branded when they work on this ranch too. Like you, there's no way out. It's like Jesus a gang. Christ. It's a crime family. And he was taken in as a kid because he, his father killed his brother and his mother. And then he killed his father with a cast iron pan and was on the run from the law, and Kevin Costner saved him and raised him. Oh, my basically. God. Yeah, and he's, like, the most badass motherfucker. Like, if there's any fighting on the ranch, like, he'll get in the way of it and beat the shit out of both the guys. And he'll be like, if you're going to fight someone, you fight me. Like, nobody touches anyone who has a brand. Like, sometimes they'll have, like, contractors, like, come in and do work. But, like, if you don't have a brand, you're not part of the family, and this guy will fuck you up. Like, he he lives and dies for this uh, you know, for this, um, for this family. It's awesome. It's a really great show. There's lots of drama. There's lots of action. There's, um, the whole finale of the second season involved, uh, Kevin Costner's family, uh, getting together with the native, uh, politicians and stuff like their whole crew. So that way they can, um, take out this third rich white family who's trying to like take the land and fuck both of them out. Like it's, 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 but Super is there awesome. a different quality you're saying later on to the show? Yeah, if you said like no, they had us in the first half, not gonna lie, but then like no, just as in the way I describe it, it seems like a very like white, you know, it's oh, gonna okay. be all about you know, like yeah, like it's oh all the tough men who fucking have guns and shit like that, but it's really not that at all. Gotcha. It's okay, like I thought really you meant like show. it was really good for the for a while, and then it just 
Sucks. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> just in the description of the show, gotcha. like really, like watch. I would never watch it unless my fiance wanted to. Uh, but it is, but it really is a a great show, and it doesn't. Wow, what is at the beginning of this season? Um, Kevin Costner's daughter-in-law is talking to him, and she's like, "Oh, you know, your son told me about how you've had to." you know, uh, fight for this land, you know, every step of the way and how like, you know, your family was raised on it and blah, 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 all this other stuff. And now people are coming and they keep trying to take it from you. She says, I guess you're the Indian now. He <laughs> just walks away. Wow. <laughs> she also is a professor of Native American studies who is constantly fucking putting her students in place at the local college. Nice. I mean, like, you got like history is not what you fucking think it is. Wake up. Like she's one of those people. She's awesome. There's a lot of strong women. It's a really great show. I love Yellowstone. It's 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 awesome. Um, Anything to say before we close out, Mr. Ty? I know that a, a lot of that was just me talking. No, but, that's uh, cool. I just, unfortunately I haven't seen it, but I, I am interested. Um, Maybe we'll cover it on the podcast one day. We'll yeah. choose like five episodes. Well, that way you don't have to watch three seasons of a fucking <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah. That's, that'd be good. Uh, no, you know, uh, we didn't really talk much about coronavirus, but it's still here. <laughs> and it's going yes, up in a lot of states. Here. You know, Puerto Rico, unfortunately, is getting fucked over by a lot of people coming over with no masks and vacationing there. But uh, we're dealing with it. You know, I think, unfortunately, we've gotten used to this idea. So it is what it is. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next episode. I think we're going to be reviewing um, a film. that. At, uh, v? Uh, can I spoil it? Oh, go ahead. Yes, stay tuned for our next episode, which is going to be V for Vendetta. Um, do we want to cover both the comic book and the movie? Uh, I am currently trying to get through the comic book for for that episode, it's so it's it's good. It's just it's uh, it is very thick. <laughs> so yeah, okay, I, cool. that is the comic book I'm currently reading. That's that's what I'm focusing on. There's some really good stuff right off the bat in there, so I'm really excited to cover V for Vendetta. Um, it's. Uh, I would say it's a masterpiece. It really is. And the film was very good. And uh, it, it, there's a lot there that we can talk about in terms of the world around us right now. We're definitely going to cover the movie. And guys, we might even throw the comic book in there too for yeah. comparison and stuff. So, so there's that. Uh, but in the meantime, listen, you can rate and review us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the iHeartRadio app. These uh, reviews and ratings really help us out. So far, we are a five-star rated show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's the big one. Uh, I think we only have four reviews, though. So, like, honestly, we're not asking for any any money or financial contributions. But if you are listening to this podcast, and not, I'm not even saying if you like it. If you're listening and you have thoughts, if it made you think, Go to whatever your podcatcher of choice is and rate and review us. It helps uh, other listeners find us, and ideally, uh, maybe sponsors will find us uh, one day as well. Because, um, you know, for as as left as we are, we are working class people, and I will suck that meaty dick of capitalism if I have to. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, <clears throat> but it gives us feedback <laughs> too. Not, you know, we're we're open to yeah. to hearing what you guys like, what you don't like, how we can make it better. Um, so please let us know and, and we really appreciate you guys, you know, leaving a review. Yes. You can also find us on Twitter at PolitipopPod. Find us on Instagram at PolitipopPodcast. You can email us at PolitipopCast at gmail.com. And don't forget to find our show notes and sources at PolitipopPodcast.wordpress.com. We're going to be writing out on a new song. It's a collaboration between Kid Cudi and Eminem. It's called The Adventures of Moon Man and Slim Shady. And uh, the it's going to be linked in the show notes. The video is pretty cool. It's very graphic and uh, like graphic as in like cool 
graphics and stuff, not like triggering. And uh, and they do talk about a lot about current events and shit. And you know, little you know, little Wayne might say that racism doesn't doesn't exist, but at least <laughs> Eminem's here, you know, saying you know, rest in peace, George Floyd, and all that other shit. Um, so uh, so you know, at least there's some people. Um, you know, that being said, for the Politipop podcast, I've been Mike Booch. I've been Ty. Thanks for listening, guys. And gals. Of course. And no matter what you're... And everyone in between. That's okay? right. You know, Everybody who's any, listening, we appreciate it. Yes, we we really do. Um, and no matter what you're listening to, no matter what you're watching, reading, whatever media you are taking in, never stop thinking, never stop learning, and always remember to read between the lines. And it's non-stop fury. Yes, I ain't holding them up like an armed robbery. God's my jury, so when I die, I'm not worried. Not crash to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery. How the fuck is it that so many cops are dirty? Stop, man, please. Officer, I'm sorry, but I can't breathe. But I got you on top of me. Your goddamn knees and my carotid artery. The Avengers of Moon Man and Slim. Yes, who wanted with them? The trilogy continues. Seven niggas. Um, oh, I think we're going to be able to put this housekeeping into two episodes but we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it goes oh god all right um what else did you want to talk about ty tom hanks and his last man standing show not tom hanks tim allen and his last man standing show and scene thank you Jeez.